You know what I'm saying. Gerbin to blurbin. And a sherbet at bourbon. Hello and welcome. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. I'm your host, Justin Lamb. This is episode 58. Yes, 58. We're going to stick with that. And I'm here with our regular. <laughs> Hi, Erica. Hello. I was just doing a summary of episodes. Um, not during work time, like everyone's thinking. But <laughs> it was. I was writing down the subject and the guest for all the episodes. I sure did type your name a lot. So thanks thanks for that. You're welcome. I live here, so it works. So it's real easy. (laughs) And you love beer. It'll be real easy. (laughs) What is that from? Dropped at Gorgeous. She lives two trailers down. I like that. That's your movie. I guess we all have our movie where we do obscure references. Like... It'd be real easy. How would anyone know that's from... <laughs> My whole family would know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what mine is. What is mine? What do I say stuff from? I don't know. You have the worst taste in movies. Let me think. <laughs> um. <laughs> so good. My movie taste is awesome. If I had a bad taste in movies, why do four people listen to this podcast? <laughs> Uh, we have a fun show for you today. Oh, yeah. This is the second to last episode of the year, too. And I'm going to change the format in the new year. Don, don, yeah. don. Change it up. Mm. I'm going to lose those four <laughs> listeners. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be a good time. And we got a good beer that I'm excited for Erica to not care about. So let's let's move forward and go from there. All right, we're back, and we're going to try this. Uh, this is Roke Brewing Company out of Royal Oak, Michigan, and this is their so their their uh, flagship stout that you can find in stores is called Devil Dog Oatmeal Stout. Oh yeah. Uh, this is the French toast version. It is uh, brewed with maple syrup, and it is delightful. Is it weird for a flagship beer to be an oatmeal maple stout? Uh, the maple part is not flagship. Just the regular devil dog oatmeal stout. The French toast one is the one that has the maple in it. But yeah, an oatmeal stout is a type of stout. It's pretty standard. Okay. Most breweries have an oatmeal stout. Most just Most stouts... That you'll find, especially in America, are going to have some form of oatmeal in the base. It's one of the standard flavors of a stout, like oatmeal, coffee, that sort of thing. Gotcha. I just learned something. See? Um, You know what's fun about this whole thing is I could constantly, and sometimes probably am, just talking out of my ass. (laughs) But... You think that's specific to the podcast? Is that the world that you live in in your little head? You know what? <laughs> I'm just about enough of you. Ooh, something just happened. My bad. My bad indeed. Beer me. Beer me. Beer me dose beers, por favor. Uh, Odd Side Ales has a beer called Beer Me, which I haven't had yet, but I'm assuming based on its... Uh, close proximity to other domestic 
mass-produced beers that it's probably <laughs> it's probably uh, like a regular light beer. I don't know. So what are we looking at here? here? We're looking at a. It's a brown beer. It's brown. It almost oh, looks. Can you smell like it though? It smells like syrup. Oh man! It I smells love like it. syrup and beer. You know what it smells like? Uh, was that cereal? Waffle Crisp. Yeah. Remember Waffle Crisp? I do. Oh my god! That's what this smells like. And if I love you it so much. ate Waffle Crisp hungover, this is because <laughs> you'd still have the beer yeah. in your mouth. This is the one to do it with. All right, so. are we drinking this? Yeah. Cheers. Chaz. What do you think? I think it's pretty good. Yeah? You don't yeah. hate it? I No, I definitely don't hate it. I just, once again, I, it's beer is so heavy for me, so I'm a loser. So heavy. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's very French toasty. Yeah. It's very maple-y and wonderful. Yeah, I think it's really good. It's rings in at 8.3%. As Roke likes to say... It's all of the big, bold characteristics of our Devil Dog Oatmeal Stout with the unmistakable taste of Sunday morning French toast. A portion of the proceeds of all Devil Dog sales are donated to our local VA hospital. That's nice. Well, isn't that just freaking great? Yeah, I would say that something that I don't like about beer is how cold it is, unless it's like the middle of summer. I mean, you know, I drink red wine like year round, like hot days. Doesn't matter. I'll drink red wine. Hot days, Saturdays with beer and wine in front of you. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. So I, because I like the temperature of red wine, like I enjoy that, especially in the winter, but I will drink it year round. And so in the middle of winter, beer to me is very like weird, but this, even though it's cold, it has that kind of like warm kind of sensation because it's so savory you know so it's like it would be like nice for the winter if you liked hops you would love england because i think they're called cast taps uh they're almost room temperature beer oh Uh, and actually a lot of pale ales and ipas should be served like i don't want to say warmer room temperature but like warmer than the fridge yeah that's why, like, you'll, well, some places, but in a place that knows their beer, you'll never see an IPA served in, or like, a frosted glass, because that's, why would you ever do that? Yeah, I mean, if it's, like, 90 degrees out, you know, and I'm working in the yard, I like a good Bud Light. <laughs> Frosty beer. Frosty. But other than that, beer to me is just really cold, and I, I just don't enjoy it. But this definitely has like more of a warm It's really kind cold of, and unfulfilling. <clears throat> yeah. Like just, all of it's, my previous it's, relationships. It's not nice, you know, in the, in the middle of winter. But this is really nice. Good. I'm glad you like it. Mm. Maybe it's because it's so warm down here. That's true. <laughs> and I haven't drank in a really long time. So like three sips of alcohol and I'm like, wee. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <sighs> yeah. If you guys ever want to take a break from alcohol, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to take a break from alcohol. Easy way to do that. Get sick. Yeah. Two weeks and <laughs> no drinking, and then you have wine, and you're like, oh, it only takes one glass. That's right. 
real real easy way to save money too. Yeah. <laughs> you're not buying alcohol while you're sick and then after you're sick you're not spending nearly as much. Yeah, and then you have like two glasses of wine and you go to bed at ten o'clock. It's very exciting. Let's be real, folks. We do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I meant on a Friday. <laughs> uh so Roke French toast, devil dog oatmeal stout. Surprisingly, uh Erica is drinking it. I did give her a Hershey's kiss. That did help. Um <laughs> Not, not while she was drinking it, but I thought it'd be a good palate cleanser, the chocolate uh, for a stout. Because I was horfing down jalapeno chips upstairs <laughs> before we started recording. Didn't know if you wanted that detail. <laughs> I was like, there are two for four. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to eat one. But this is very good, babe. I finished Pretty it. Pretty tasty. All right, but- sharpen your knives, folks. We'll take one more little break, and then we're, we got the main event, which uh, I don't even know if I should say anything, because I I do too often. I'm going to stop saying it. With the new format, that actually eliminates this moment that's about to happen. Chad called me out last week. We were talking about the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, mm-hmm. and we we're about to segue into the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, mm-hmm. and I go, now we'll take a quick break, and you can hear a song from the band we're about to talk about. And Chad's like... Why do you do that? That's like what you're talking about. He's like, you never, you act like it's a big secret. People know what it is. It's in the title of your podcast. And that's what I always talk about, because why do I do that? I don't know. I was trying to like, oh, and then stick around. We got something special coming up. It's literally the thing, the title you clicked on when you started playing mm-hmm. this. Or whatever. Whatever. I don't think you should be afraid to change up something that you probably started, you probably did by accident, just by the format, you know, how you rolled out your podcast and, you know, you you should be married to it. My head works in the form of marketing. So I like to give people like, oh, stay tuned because coming up next, something real special. Let me like, is it Edward Scissorhands? Because the title of the episode is Edward Scissorhands. (laughs) (laughs) And then I go, okay, I guess that's what it is. I guess. And now you know what it is. So let's take a break (laughs) and talk about it. <laughs> we're starting we're starting a band. It's another podcast. It's a spin-off. It's called Techno Voice. Erica's the obvious vocalist. I'm super talented. She snaps her fingers and throws in one liners. Santa <laughs> <laughs> that's the Christmas <laughs> version. That's the only original Christmas song on our album. This week we're talking about Edward Scissorhands. <sighs> no, not Ed Wood Scissorhands, though that's a combination of two Johnny Depp movies. Edward Scissorhands, uh, 1990. This is directed by Tim Burton. The story is kind of by Tim Burton because the whole movie is based on a drawing he made when he was a teenager of a slender young man with scissors for fingers. And then he got together with a novelist uh, named Caroline Thompson. And he loved her novel, like thought it, I forget what novel it was. I think it was her first one. Or maybe first is in the title for novel. Doesn't matter. But he got together with her uh, and asked her to write it. She originally thought a man with scissor fingers was the silliest idea she's ever heard of. Scissor me! But then she went on to later describe uh, the script as a love poem to Tim Burton. 
and she said something, and I'm paraphrasing here. I was going to write this down, but I didn't. Uh, but she said something along the lines of, he's the most articulate man I've ever known, but he can't write a sentence to save his life. And They boned. <laughs> maybe. I'm guessing they Based boned. on everything I read, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, but Edward Scissorhands, in case you don't know, for whatever weird reason. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't know how you wouldn't, right? Um, Johnny Depp is Edward Scissorhands. This is Johnny Depp and Tim Burton's first movie together. They've gone on to do many, many, many movies together, including Sweeney Todd and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Or is that, that's, yeah, that's what it's called, right? Mm -hmm. Because what the original one was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I don't know, man. (laughs) I count on you to, I count on you for these facts. I mean, that's kind of like, whatever, who cares? Whatever, guys. White people, am I right? Um, What? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> so, uh, Edward Scissorhands is a recluse, recluse. played by, exactly, <laughs> played by Johnny Depp. And he is... Honey Epe. So, here's the crazy part about Edward Scissorhands that blew me away. Uh, so, the story goes like this. Uh, Diane Weist character Peg Boggs, or Peggy Boggs, is an Avon lady. And so after, of the time. <laughs> I love that little part of the story. Yeah. After all, her neighbors and friends uh, are like, Peggy, we told you we don't want anything. She looks in her rearview mirror and sees this big, like, haunted house, castle house type thing way up on the mountain, which they do this one shot of this colorful neighborhood, which we'll talk about in a second. But And then the background is this just dark mountain uh, that doesn't fit there at all. It's very funny that just, to, just the thought, I know it's a fictional story, but the thought of building this like colorful suburban neighborhood at the base of this like haunted looking mountain with a little house on top that is also rumored to be haunted. Uh, she's like, you know what? I'm going to go up there and get a customer. And she goes up there and that's where she meets Edward Scissorhands, old Johnny Depp himself, whereas he's looks exactly like a human, but his hands are made of scissors. And not just scissors. They're like, they're scissors. Those like art scissors that mean. Well, yeah, they're business. the big scissors. They're the scissors. If you ask my mom, they're the scissors that she got from my dad after they were divorced. She will. Your tell mom you has about a lot them. of those stories. They're, they're scissors, um, and then, oh, and his hair, by the way, is based on Tim Burton and uh, the lead singer of The Cure, who I can't think of his name right now. Robert. Robert something. Robert California. <laughs> Uh, doesn't really matter, but that's what his hair is based on, and it's funny because it looks just like. And if you look at Tim Burton even today, it's very much Edward Scissorhands' hair. But she uh, sees him, and she's like, "Oh my God, you're up here all alone! Oh, your hands are scissors. That's weird. Let me take you in and help you." <laughs> your hands are scissors. That's weird. <laughs> Come live with me. And that's literally what happens. Robert she, Smith. Yeah, and then she brings him back to her house and takes him in as like part of the family and. The whole movie is his like adventures with the neighborhood women who are horrendous, and then his eventual love for Peggy Boggs' daughter Kim Boggs, played by Winona Ryder. And I mean, let's be serious: all of our eventual love for Winona Ryder. Yes, America fell in love with Winona Ryder, and she stole our hearts. Yeah. Get it? That was, she's, you know, we'll get, get into her in a second. Uh, her dad, 
Peggy uh, Peggy Boggs' husband, Bill Boggs, who's a professional bowler, which I love and makes me think of Chris Hardwick because his dad was a professional bowler, um, is played by Alan Arkin and some of the greatest little like lines. He call he's just he talks to Edward Scissorhands just like he's just like one of the kids from school is like, oh, so what have you been up to? And then, then like completely disregarding the fact that he's this. <laughs> pale scar-faced guy with scissors <laughs> can we just talk about the fact that alan arkin has looked the 70 same. for his entire <laughs> life like <laughs> well so that brings us to the next person who has constantly changed how he looks and i we talked about this earlier because i was like i didn't even know that guy was him uh and that's anthony michael hall he has not changed the way he looks. You're just not perceptive. Babe. No, because I think he of looks him, the exact same. I think of him as the kid in Breakfast Club. Uh huh. Sure, everyone does. And then he's like this beefy bully in Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. And then come to find out that he's been a guest star in two pretty great episodes of my favorite show, Community. And I didn't even know it was him. Maybe it's because he has a mustache. I don't know, but couldn't believe it. Couldn't freaking believe it <laughs> he like to me his face he looks the exact same i if i look at his his eyes are what stayed the same and his nose and his mouth and his blonde hair i mean hair do you look at the picture on there he doesn't yeah, look like him he looks him. the exact same no he looks like some guy that was like i was in soap operas 20 years ago and i've been getting plastic surgery every day since um and then the final one that we need to get to but like requires slight backstory of the of the plot so and this is something I so I, I watched every scissor hands this morning, like seven thirty this morning, uh, and Erica came in and out of the movie. I did, but I hadn't seen it in, in since the nineties. I hadn't seen it in probably twenty five years, and I didn't realize that Edward Scissorhands is not a human. Did you know this? No. So up on the hill in this house, that's like. Uh, they think is haunted, and then they find Edward Scissorhands there. Uh, there lived an inventor. This was the legend they explained at the beginning. There lived an inventor, and he invented all sorts of stuff. And apparently, like, built from robot that he, like, made to make cookies. <laughs> this, mm. is, this all makes sense if you see the movie. Mm. Um, he built Edward Scissorhands, like, part by part. And, like, made him organs and, like, he essentially made a human. uh, And the last thing he was going to do were the hands. And then he has the hands and he surprises Edward Scissorhands. He's like, "Uh, I know it's before Christmas, but here we go. And he shows him the hands. And then, like, in that moment, has a heart attack and dies. So Edward Scissorhands never gets his actual hands. That's why he has a Scissorhands. And the person that plays the inventor is the infamous Vincent Price, like uh, the legendary Vincent Price, who died shortly after this film. Oh, really? Yeah. uh, Really messed up thing that I learned when I was doing some research on this. In that scene where he's like holding out his hands, he's like, I'm going to put these hands on you, like for the flashback scene. Mm -hmm. Um, He has the heart attack and dies. The shot of him on the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. Were, was real yeah that's when he died no oh. <laughs> close uh he passed out from the lights <gasps> oh so he actually passed out and that sh- shot is him like right after he'd fallen on the floor 
and Tim Burton kept it in the movie. Messed up. So, but yeah, it's his last uh, screen appearance before he died. And he, uh, if you're a he's horror movie fan, he's lived on in countless SNL sketches. Yeah, yeah. If you're a, if you're a Bill uh, Hader fan, fan, yeah. Um, but seriously, uh, if you're a horror movie fan, I mean, you know, Vincent Price was he was in everything for like forty years, uh, and then it was so he was. They said the part was written for him, and even though it's little flashback scenes, I don't know if anyone else could have played it as well. Did a great job being. Mm-hmm. All mad scientist and a little creepy. Crazy. Crazy beans. Um, so some fun facts about the movie, if I may. You may. Please do. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, Johnny Depp, only says 169 words in the entire movie. Nice. He's a, He actually watched Charlie Chaplin movies uh, to study for this one because... He wanted to do like emote a lot of things with his face, which he does an amazing job of. Like his his curiosities about things mm-hmm. and this hilarious scene where uh <laughs> it's a waterbed. Yep. And he first discovers the waterbed and his scissor pokes a hole in it and he moves a stuffed animal over where the water's coming <laughs> out. Which they never address because then he sleeps in that bed for two nights. I was like, but there's a fucking hole in that bed. But you know, that's, you know, I like to find these Neither flaws. here nor there, Justin. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he, he, I guess that was the only improv scene in the entire film. Was moving the stuffed animal over? Yeah. And uh, and if you watch him, he, the when the waterbed like does its waves, uh-huh. he like does waves with his body watching it. It's just really funny. He does some really good... Uh, uh, like emoting with, with his body and with his face. It's really funny. Uh, yeah, Vincent Price, as I was talking about, uh, died shortly after this. He was suffering from Parkinson's and during the filming had emphysema. So, you know, two for two. Uh, so he was actually supposed to be in a lot more and they cut his scenes short for health reasons. Item number three that Erica was questioning. You might know a band called the Backstreet Boys. Oh, yeah. Everybody, yeah. Justin's drinking his beer. Yeah, everybody, rock your body right or left. Back streets, back. All right. That's correct. Listen, Uh, that music video was epic in my life. Made an impression on me. Well, you know, you live, you learn. You chose, you learn. Okay. Nick Carter is in Edward Scissorhands. What? Tell us about it, Justin. Uh, there's a f- very first scene where they're driving. Is it when she first? Yeah, she first brings Edward Scissorhands into town from his little recluse house. And he's looking at all the neighborhood stuff, which we'll also get to. I want to talk about the cinematography. It's amazing. Set design. Uh, but the, there's a kid that runs in the front yard and the hose is on the kid and his friend are there and the kid runs and does the slip and slide. The kid that runs on the slip and slide is Nick Carter. I think he's uncredited. He is uncredited. Wow. Such a big star to take a back seat like that. <laughs> Especially in 1990 when he was eight <laughs> years old. Um, yeah, so that was that's a funny thing. But yeah, I do want to jump off uh, base here because... And maybe you saw this coming in and out of the movie. The 
and this is I mean, it's very Tim Burton. So Tim Burton has a very specific like style and feel, right? And that's why we know we all know who Tim Burton is. Um, I personally, this is gonna blow your mind, and some people are gonna be mad at me. I've never seen Nightmare on Christmas or Nightmare Before Christmas. Me either. Never seen it. I'm not a big Tim Burton fan, so I don't really care. I think I uh, I like most of the stuff he does. What else has he done? Oh man, Erica's about to go down a black hole when she looks up Tim Burton while I'm talking. Um, but Tim Burton, the beginning of this, where it shows the machines that eventually became Edward Scissorhands, that Vincent Price's character, the inventor, like he turns his machines into Edward. Uh, those machines, that those scenes look like they're from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Like he just has a very specific. Uh, he did. Did he do Coraline? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what cor- I he did Corpse Bride. He did that Frankenweenie. Yeah. Um, well, oh, maybe the, like, he didn't do Coraline. <laughs> Coraline. Whatever. She is. I don't think thighs. he did. Anyway. Um, Never mind. So it's very Tim Burton, but the color scheme they picked four pastel colors, and the, this is an actual neighborhood in Florida where that whole movie is shot, and. Each house is painted one of those four colors, and they're all these like aged, dirty pastel colors. And then every car in that neighborhood is one of those colors as well. And it's done so well, and it looks like this perfect little suburbia, but like also a joke about suburbia. And it's supposed to be based off Tim Burton's hometown in Burbank, or his like little neighborhood in Burbank, um, even though they shot it in Florida. And if you watch it, I don't think they ever mentioned what state they're in, but it is so Florida the second it starts. Mm-hmm. You yep. see the people outside and mowing their lawn, watering their lawn, and all the house colors. Like it's, it's very Florida. But yeah, it actually that neighborhood does exist. I'm sure it's still there today. Um, they did two things to the exteriors. I mean, outside of obviously the the shrubbery sculptures that Edward Scissorhands makes, they painted the houses uh, one of the four pastel colors. And then they, they, I don't know what it's called, but they made the windows smaller on all the houses mm-hmm. to make the neighborhood look more paranoid. Oh, that's Isn't that funny. funny? Yeah, that Such is like funny. a weird detail. Yeah. Um, but like I said, this is the first time that Johnny Depp and Tim Burton worked together since then. So many things. Um, and you talked about Winona Ryder earlier. Winning our hearts, as you said. She stole our hearts? Like, she stole that merchandise? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was the joke I was making? I get it. I forgot about that. <clears throat> Good old Winona. She was in so many things. Yeah, uh, Winona Ryder's amazing. Yeah, I'm going to do a whole separate Johnny Depp episode and Winona Ryder episode, because they were literally in so many things. Yeah. Uh, so many things, in fact... The same year this came out, Johnny Depp's other first movie as a starring role, Cry Baby, came out the same year. John Hughes. Winona Ryder, I think it was, was it Mermaids? Was she in? I think that's what was it was. Was Cher? I think that's what it was. Um, came out the same day as Edward Scissorhands. She had three movies come out that year. Wow. Yeah. Um, Not surprised. It's cra- I, I am. That's crazy. That's a lot of work. Crazy stuff. So there's a... Diane Weist, I was very confused about this. I was reading interviews with people like uh, Tim Burton and stuff, and they're like, oh, well, Diane Weist, once she signed on, everyone else was really interested. And I was like, what the hell did she do in the 80s? 
And the two movies they credit her with, like, for being so popular, was The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Don't know who she was in that. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Longer than I haven't seen Edward Scissorhands. Um, but, and then Parenthood. Mm-hmm. I do remember her in Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Love that show based on that movie. Uh, I have a question about that. That's not for this podcast, but I don't know if it is based on that Parenthood movie. That's what I read. The Steve Martin one? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that Steve Martin one. I love it. Well, love Diane it. Weist is like it. one of love my favorite it. actors of all time. Like, what? I just love her. So what has she been in? Well, I loved her in um, the Nicole Kidman Witches movie. Why can't I think of what you're talking about? Bewitched? No. <laughs> Even though we did watch that this morning, too. It was just on. I wouldn't say we watched it. At one point, I did own that on DVD, though. Um, yeah, I couldn't. I know her face from a billion things, and I can definitely picture her in Parenthood, but I can't think of what else she was in. Um, Alan Arkin has obviously been in a billion things. She was things. in Dan in Real Life, which is one of my favorite movies. That's a good one. Yeah, she was mm-hmm. the mom. Yeah. Practical Magic. Oh, that's what you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. She was one of Sandra the Sandra Bullock. She was in The Birdcage. The Birdcage. What 90s movies was she in, Erica? She was in Little Man Tate. Oh, my I God. I know what that is. 1991, Little Man Tate. We could do a Little Man Tate It's a year episode. after this. Yeah, she's been in like a million things. One billion movies. Yeah. So, moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peggy Boggs. Pegs. Played by Diane Weiss. So tying it all together. Mm-hmm. I, I hiccuped and burped, so you guys are all welcome for that. I didn't know that was physically possible. Yep. Um, she was based on Caroline Thompson's mother, the writer. Her mother, who was known to take in strangers. Uh, That's not is, something you want to be known for. Like, get your life together, <laughs> yeah, Caroline Thompson's just, mother. I thought that was very, uh, very interesting. And the, another a person, a friend of mine, that was supposed to be here today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh she told us on a previous podcast she had been evicted from an apartment for taking in homeless people. I like. I just don't get that. <laughs> so it's all full circle here. Someone just told me a story of this woman who had rolled down her window to hand money to a homeless person. Yeah. And the homeless person stabbed her to death. Like a week before Christmas. Yeah, I actually I saw that story shared on Facebook. And here's how it was shared. This is a fun story. I'm not on Facebook, so yeah, is it real? I don't know. I didn't like okay. sporkle it or whatever it's called. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sporkle it. Snopes. Yeah. Uh, no, it, the, but the husband, this is, this is really funny. And it's like, why are you guys, this is like publicly airing some issues you might have. The husband shared the story about this homeless guy killing this lady after she tried to give him money uh, with his wife. Like, on Facebook, he shared it on her page, and his comment was, See, there's better ways to give money to people. I told you you can't do that anymore. <laughs> I was like, what? Damn. <laughs> so that was weird. And if, if that person was you, sorry, I don't remember who it was. Oh, my but. God, it's so sad. Jacqueline Smith was riding in her car with her husband and his daughter on Saturday around midnight in Baltimore when she noticed a young woman begging for cash. The woman appeared to be carrying a baby and held a sign reading, Please help me feed my baby. Smith, who was sitting in the passenger seat, rolled down her window to hand the woman money. And that's when an unknown man approached the vehicle, stabbed the woman, and then left the location. Oh, so it wasn't the lady she was going to give money to. The woman holding the side fled with the assailant. Oh, that's weird. 
So what, they were just waiting around to stab someone? I mean, I guess. You know what, honey? I could really go for a stabbing tonight. I mean, appar- apparently, yes. That's exactly what happened. So anyway. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> um, there's, there's a few tie-ins with Johnny Depp and Scissorhands. And here they are. Johnny Depp's first movie, which uh, I don't know if I talked about this because that was definitely 80s. But I've talked about this in general for years. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was his first movie. You've talked about the fact that Johnny Depp's first movie was Nightmare on Elm Street Street for years. You've been talking about that. Yeah, it's a fun fact. (laughs) And I watch Nightmare on Elm Street a lot. It's not a fun fact. It's just a fact. It's a fun fact. (laughs) Uh, The epic scene where he gets sucked into his waterbed and then blood sprays out everywhere. That's messed up. His death scene. Pretty Mm great. Uh, And Freddy Krueger in that, of course, famously has the knife glove. Mm -hmm. So he like has knives for fingers. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Johnny Depp went on to have scissor hands. Mm-hmm. Ooh, bladed, mm. bladed appendages. In the same bladed appendage family. <laughs> and he, uh, Johnny Depp went on to have another affinity for blades when he did Sweeney, Sweeney Todd, Todd with Tim Burton. The demon Baba from Fleet Street. Oh, I can even do you better. Hmm. I can do you real good. In the background, in one of the scenes in Edward Scissorhands, Sweeney Todd's playing. Like the movie? One of the songs. One of the songs from it. So uh yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird tie-ins there. And I uh, still think that the production that Andy Bernard was in in the office (laughs) is better than the Tim Burton movie. Just gonna throw that out there. I still haven't seen the Tim Burton movie. I saw it in the theaters, which is really unusual for me. Sweeney Todd in theaters? Yeah, my brother and I went. He really wanted to go see it. Were we not together at that time? I mean, we probably were, but my brother wanted to go see it, so we went and saw it together. I'll look up what year it was. That's weird. Um, Yeah, so it's, you know, revisiting this movie after not seeing it for almost three decades, uh, it was was super entertaining, and it really gave me uh, a renewed sense of interest in Tim Burton. Because, especially since Tim Burton uh, doesn't think this is his best movie, but it's his favorite movie. And Danny Elfman, who did the score and has done the score with him many, many times, and obviously other movies, said this was his favorite score he's ever done. Oh, wow. That's cool, because um, Danny Elfman is like a huge name. So is Tim Burton. <laughs> well, I know, but for this to be his favorite score. I mean. Yeah. Um, so both of them, because this was like... Uh, this was Tim Burton's passion project and a lot of like his own personal stuff he put into it. Um, jocks picked on him in high school. So like the jock was the villain in this and like just little stuff like that. And, and the whole thing's based on a character he sketched when he was a teenager. Yeah, for sure. That's like, that's really cool. To, I'm sure it is like, see that come to life. Yeah. Really so this great. was super personal project and he says it's his, his favorite thing to date. And um, like I said, Danny Elfman, his favorite score to date that he's done. So that's really cool, but it was—it really makes me want to. It, it makes me want to watch the Nightmare Before Christmas, and I guess there's no better time to do it than December. Uh, what is twenty second today? It's almost Christmas. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll watch that before time's up and I die. <laughs> um, <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> but I, I think it'll be fun. I think it, I think it's exciting. I put on pants today. The movie was good. We're gonna take a little break. Unless you want to say something, want to say anything. We were dating when Sweeney Todd came out. It came out in two thousand seven. Oh, oh, barely though, huh? Was yeah. I was I in Tennessee? I don't think you. I don't know, babe. 
Don't know much about Tennessee. You got you and got me. It's one of my own songs. <laughs> that was a direct hit. That almost yeah. felt like it stuck to my forehead. You're two feet away from me. <laughs> yeah, but you're real bad at throwing stuff. That's not true. I played softball. Oh my God, she did play softball. Oh, I'm dating a jock. Oh, I guess I'm the bully. <laughs> and we'll be right back after these messages from, from our sponsors. <laughs> From our new techno band, Erica on the finger snaps and me on the mouth and the harmonica. Let's do it! My hands hurt. <laughs> Santa! Just so we're clear, this is not the new format. This is just... <laughs> hey, let me know what you got. Drop me a line. What's this <laughs> called? Bot. <laughs> Podcast 90s, Podcast 90s beer, 90s beer. <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Let me know what you think of the new format. <laughs> this is not the new format. This is us experiencing musical genius together. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> Anyone else tired out there? Hey, guys. <laughs> out in the land. You guys tired? Uh, if you are binging this and we recorded this a long time ago, then hi. Thanks for listening. If you're listening to this uh, on schedule. Merry Mer- Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hope you get everything you want, especially if you wanted the government to be shut down because it is. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Uh, and go watch a go watch a Christmas movie. Oh, my God. We didn't even get to talk about that. Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. is one of those movies people argue as a Christmas movie because Christmas takes place in part of the movie. Which, actually, if you look at it, it doesn't. Christmas... It's almost Christmas. They're having a Christmas party. The well, night yeah, they have the Merry Christmas banner and stuff. Yeah, that's all decorated for Christmas, but mm-hmm. Christmas, they don't actually get to Christmas he, in the movie. Can I, since I love Christmas movies, can Mo- I just movies? like, I said, I, I messed up. Yes. Can I just give my opinion? Yes. I don't think that Edward Scissorhands <laughs> and Die Hard is another example. Are Christmas movies... But I think they're fun to watch at Christmas time because they do take place around Christmas. Like, why not watch Die Hard? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's fun. Like, put on Die Hard. Like, let's watch Edward Scissorhands. Like, I don't, I think it's a fun time to watch them because they do yeah. take place at Christmas time. But no, they're not like Christmas movies. Yeah, I think unless you have a movie that deals with something specific Saint, like, to Christmas. If, yeah, if it's like, someone, we got to save Santa. Yeah. Uh, That's a Christmas <laughs> movie. Like, um, but the, or it's like the family's all in town for the holidays. Yeah. But you think about it because I just mentioned this, and now I'm thinking about it again. And we talked about this last year. Burpy burp. Christmas vacation. Uh, Christmas Eve is as late as that movie gets. Right, but then word Christmas is in the title, yeah, okay, so it gets that. a pass. Not it's not it's Edward not Christmas, Christmas hands, <laughs> which I would watch. Just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> what are we, can we figure out real quick what are what was his, what would his hands be? They would be like what would each finger be? <laughs> each finger would be one of Santa's reindeer. <laughs> okay, and what and would the thumbs? The thumbs would be like gingerbread houses. <laughs> Why gingerbread houses? I don't know, because then you can n- nibble on them. You don't have, you can't grab food and eat them, so you got to sustain yourself through what the season. What a boring movie that would be. <laughs> At least the scissors, the whole thing, he gets to cut the shrubs and cut people's hair and cut the dog's hair. 
with the reindeer was to just pat them on the table to entertain the children. That would be fun. I would watch that. I'm just saying that people... I was thinking maybe they were nutcrackers. Oh, that's a good idea. Sure. Or each finger something different, like one's a Christmas tree, one's a yeah. nutcracker. Or it could a- be like that. It could be like the Pandora charm bracelet of hands. What about Christmas scissor hands? It's a Christmas tree with scissor hands. <laughs> <laughs> Do not get too close. Our cat would hate that. It's a horror movie and he goes, I trim my own tree. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. babe, good job. Right, I just It's so interesting to me because people like get all fucking hyped up about Die Hard's a Christmas movie or it's not a Christmas movie or it's like, damn, dude. Like, first and foremost, I don't think the distinction of being a Christmas movie is that like high up on the list of things you need to be that we need to have a debate about it. Well, I'd like to point out uh, on the Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis. Which is just embarrassing that you're referencing this, but go ahead. Bruce Willis mm-hmm. made the declaration that it's not a Christmas Die movie. Die Hard is not a Christmas right. movie. And it's not, but like I said, yeah. it's a fun time to watch Die Hard because it it takes place at a Christmas party. Yeah. So that's it's fun, but no, it's not a Christmas movie. It's like Elf isn't a Christmas movie. Justin. <laughs> Why are you being messy? Why are you being messy? You <laughs> sloppy son of a bitch. <laughs> all right. So that's about all we have time for today. I got to finish this beer. Eric's got to finish her wine. And then we have to take a damn Christmas nap. Uh, Ooh, I got to make cookies, peanut. Cookies out of peanuts. <laughs> Hope you don't have an allergy. If you have comments, questions, concerns, or you want to send me pictures of your beer, I guess you can do that, uh, beersand90s at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at beersand90s. That's B-E-E-R-S-A-N-D-9-0-S. I don't ever post on Twitter unless it's just sharing my Instagram account. I, uh, You know, I don't use Twitter much at all. And I just... Uh, a coworker of mine got Snapchat out the other day, and I said, "Oh, Snapchat," because I forgot about Snapchat. I deleted Snapchat a long time ago. Well, so did I. So I was like, "Oh my god, I don't even know how long it's been." And uh, I was like, "Hey, when was the last time we talked on Snapchat, or like I snapped you or something?" Forty-four weeks ago. <laughs> oh my god! So really? Almost over, a year. Oh since, yeah. Uh, over, oh we were to say over here. <laughs> I don't know about weeks and years. Time is tough. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't uh, haven't done that in a long time. Um, so we're not on Snapchat is the summary of that story. And yeah, one more episode of 2018. And then the dates on my podcast will officially span three years. So deal with that, Gorbachev. <laughs> I didn't know I could win her over with, with the Gorbachev joke. Good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> Two different things, but... Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Have a Edward Day and a scissor hands evening. Chop chop. Goodbye. Bye.
really kept up there. <laughs> that was good. 